Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, Hobi Nation. Welcome to Hobi Podcast. What is Hobi Podcast? Hobi Podcast will keep you updated on news and events in the cryptocurrency industry. We'll also invite some key influencers to provide their take on the industry, share their insights, and their story on how they became a success. Changing the world through blockchain technology. Up next is Ivan on Tech. Ivan is running the biggest blockchain academy, Educating Smart Money. He also runs a YouTube channel called Good Morning Crypto, where he has around 210,000 subscribers. We'll discuss Ethereum 2.0, the Bitcoin happening, and much more. Stay tuned to listen to it. Hello, Hobie Nation. We have a special honored guest for today's show. His name is Ivan. People call him Ivan on tech. I'm sure you know about him unless you uh, live under a rock. But Ivan, uh, <laughs> wel welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. A great pleasure to be here with you. And thank you so much for inviting me to Hobie Podcast. That's amazing. Great to have you, man. Really appreciate taking time out. Everyone, you know, everyone wants to know something. And uh, every time you start, you know, good morning crypto, you always say what you're drinking. But uh, <laughs> I really want to know what's in that coffee, man, because you do so many shows. You're everywhere in the, in the community. So what is really in that coffee? Well, in that coffee, it's a lot of uh, passion, positivity. It's just that crypto is so large as a community and so many different things going on. So it's always something to discuss and it's always uh, something interesting. That's the most important thing. There's always something exciting, whether it is that we have new projects, new coins, new technology, new regulation, uh, new monetary theories. I mean, it's so many topics that, that is why i think so many people are attracted to crypto because whether you like politics social science whether you want to be at the forefront of uh, financial regulation it's all here for you and uh, really this industry is disrupting the most important and biggest industry that is due for disruption which is the financial industry it's really really due for disruption and there is so much we can do there and that's why i think crypto attracts so many great people and that's why i'm so passionate about it it's always a pleasure to talk about crypto and uh, and i am blessed to be able to do it every day nice yeah it sounds like a lot of things are in that coffee a lot of passion man so i, I mean, <laughs> exactly, exactly i can't even know how many ingredients are in there but uh yeah man <laughs> i'm glad that you are you're hyped up so that's good um you know everyone yeah. knows you from the show but like i mean when you meet someone for the first time and maybe they know a little bit about you can you tell them like what do you tell them do you just say i'm not even on tech or what do you say uh, well, it depends who people ask me sometimes what they work with and depending on whether I, I have time or, or really, really the, the willingness to explain to them everything I do. Sometimes I just say I, I work with uh, YouTube, sometimes I say I work with finance, but really my journey started as a developer. I, I'm a developer at, at the roots, at, at its core, and uh, I've been always passionate about programming. I started programming when I was nine years old and I was really passionate about learning all kinds of technologies, whether it's web development development, whether it's mobile development, it really felt like magic that when, when I learned programming as a kid, it felt like magic because I could do things other people could not. And you can achieve so many great things by writing code. And um, that developed into a, a, some projects, into some um, side hustles, but it was only a hobby at that point. Uh, and then I started to work professionally. I worked in a big multinational company called Ericsson here in Sweden. I went to computer science uh, a program here at KTH in Stockholm, university program. Um, and uh, 
sooner or later, I found also my passion for crypto and that was in 2013. Uh, and since then, I've been putting most of my free time, most of my spare time into this industry and trying to learn as much as possible and understand as much as possible because I, I truly felt from the start that this, this is going to change the world. And it felt that uh, putting time into this is a good investment. Although I entered at the end of 2013, right when we had the last uh, bull market peak. The bull market peak before the 2017 bull market peak was in 2013, right when I entered the crypto space. And I bought at the very top. <laughs> I was a noob in crypto, so I bought at the very top when we reached $1,000 for one Bitcoin. And then everything completely collapsed to approximately $200. So basically lost 80% of the money. And that's how it is for most people. I think when you enter crypto, you always enter in some kind of formal way. You, you hear in the media or you hear uh, your Uber driver talk about crypto. So you always enter at, uh, at the point where there is a lot of speculation, a lot of hype. And that's uh, usually a bad, a bad time to invest. That is when you maybe should be taking profits. If you're not thinking even more long-term and you're, and you're really here for a long, long term. But anyway, for me, it didn't really ma matter that we collapsed because I was so passionate about this technology and how it is changing finance, changing even the way internet works and the way we do business online. Because you, you had Ethereum releasing in 2015 and that introduced a whole new dimension to crypto, a whole new dimension to a blockchain with smart contracts and programmable blockchains. So it was just so much to learn, so much to absorb. And uh, I started doing YouTube videos in 2017. So that's four years after I actually discovered crypto. And for me, it was just an, a fun thing. I, I actually started uh, talking about programming in the beginning. And then I also wanted to share my passion for crypto. And that really started to grow a lot. When I started to talk about my passion for crypto, the YouTube channel completely, completely exploded. And went basically from a few thousand to now over 200,000 in three years. But most of those subscribers actually came during 2017 and 18 times. And what's interesting to see now in 2020 is that we're seeing a similar development that subscribers are increasing faster and faster interest is bigger than ever than ever uh, and uh, that's very interesting to follow right now i think we're living through very interesting times in bitcoin history yeah the fomo is real right <laughs> absolutely it's awesome that you're coder because like i know a lot of people in the space maybe want to code but they maybe don't take the steps in the skill and talent yeah have, and and that's also why i'm so passionate about education because i see what, what you just said so many people want to start programming so that's why we created i on Tech Academy, where we teach people programming from scratch and then programming on Ethereum, on EOS, on Bitcoin. Because as I told you, you are literally becoming a magician. You, you get this superpower that you can create your own apps. You don't need to get a developer. You don't need to pay someone a lot of money to just build your proof of concept for a project. So I truly feel that more and more people should be at least considering learning how to code. What kind of a code do you use, like HTML? What do you, what's your favorite code? Well, when I started developing, it was actually HTML. My mom bought me, bought me a, an HTML book at, when I was nine. And uh, at that time, I felt that... Uh, I, if I just finish this book, I know programming. That is at least how it felt like because on the book cover, it said, you know, read this book and learn how to create websites. So I thought, okay, I read this book. When I finish it, I will be able to create any website. But then you quickly understand that, look, HTML is amazing, but it's no logic. You, can, you cannot write any logic. You cannot script your website. It's just a markup how this website should be structured. So that's actually what drove me further because then I wanted to learn JavaScript and then it developed further into Java and C++ and others. In our Academy, we actually start with HTML and JavaScript because we want people to understand the basics and the best way 
to learn how to code, according to me, is to do JavaScript. Because you can quickly create things that other people can see and you can quickly show off your skills to your friends, to your family. And that's why JavaScript is my favorite way to teach. I mean, also you can do Python, you can do Java. The biggest mistake most people make is that they think too much about which language to pick. That is the biggest, biggest mistake. They're considering for months, should I pick JavaScript or Java or Python? But in reality, just pick anything. My personal favorite is JavaScript and that's how we teach in our academy. And once you know JavaScript, it's quite easy to start with Solidity, which is, um, which is a programming language used for programming Ethereum, but also so many other blockchains like Tron, for example, because so many other blockchains just take the execution environment from Ethereum and it means that you can basically use the same language to program a bunch of other blockchains because they basically take open source code that Ethereum has written. Uh, so Solidity gives you a lot of, uh, of uh, possibilities in crypto and I think that's the first language you should try to learn when you go from, for example, just knowing JavaScript or just knowing Java or Python and you go into crypto, I would really recommend starting with Solidity. Nice. Yeah, I mean, people maybe fixate over what they should do with the languages, but just go for it, right? Don't don't think so much. Yeah, because because they're all the same. At the end of the day, it's all the same logic, all the same concepts, all the same reasoning, just that you write it in slightly different ways. And obviously, some languages have uh, some th strengths that other languages don't, but they're so small. Like, the differences are so small. For a beginner, it doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. And once you know a language, learning the second language is a very quick process it's a very quick process so that's why we start with javascript in our academy and then quickly into solidity and if you want to continue we quickly teach you c and it's so easy for you because you already know solidity you already know javascript so it's it's way easier to just pick up a bunch of other languages and most programmers they know a bunch of languages uh, five to ten languages is not uncommon why because they're all the same it's basically just small differences and learning how to adapt your coding style to new languages it's it's not a complicated process Nice. Yeah, I mean, just go for it and build, start at the foundation, build the foundation and grow. I'm talking yep. about foundation. I know you're kind of been in the crypto community uh, for a very, very long time. You know, you outlasted some of the coins, some, some of the coin communities. <laughs> and like people want to always ask me, like, how do you build the community? Because that's, that's the number one thing about crypto I like is the community. So what is your secret yes. sauce for like building the community? Well, community is very important. And I think a vision is a very important uh, part of the community. Uh, community needs most um, uh, often to have some kind, some kind of uh, leadership. Now, for example, it doesn't need to be even a person. Look at Bitcoin. It's a community. It has leadership, really. It has leadership because uh, you have the white paper. You have Satoshi that everyone is referring to. Uh, that leader is not even present, but it's so powerful that uh, people are still uniting uh, around Bitcoin. And you look at, for example, different religions. They also have some kind of leader, but that leader is either, uh, you know, in people's minds. Many people believe in, in gods, in different prophets, and they might be real for them, but they're not physically here. So that's very important to understand that you need some kind of common shared idea, you need some kind of passion, you need some kind of vision, and you need some kind of leader. So that, that's key. And that leader doesn't even need to be real or physical. Uh, and then another important part is that you have some kind of goal. So our goal is to reshape how money works, to make money more fair, more accessible. And this creates this common common task. This also creates an interesting group dynamic where it feels like it's us against the world. And that's also something that keeps community together. Uh, so there are, there are many different uh, um, different things. Rituals is a very important thing for a community. So you have, for example, the halving, big ritual. You have um, proof of keys, 3rd of January, big ritual. You need to have um, 
internal jokes and internal memes. I mean, memes are very big <laughs> when it comes yeah. to community. Whether it is HODL, whether it is it's over 9,000, you know, this meme uh, when Bitcoin goes over 9,000. Whether it is uh, mocking peer shift. I mean, it's whatever you can, you can unite people around. Oh, sure. You need yeah. to have some kind of tradition, some kind of internal language that only we understand, but people outside our community don't. And then we humans, we like to be in groups. We like to be, uh, we like belonging to a group. And so in crypto, you have our crypto community. We're one group and then you have the outsiders, kind of, you know, the no coiners and, and the people who are actually fighting against us. And for us, it's important that our group grows, that we convert a lot of no coiners who have no, no idea about Bitcoin or, or maybe they're opposed Bitcoin, but then you explain to them, they understand. So it's a, this group, us versus them dynamic is actually sometimes important to keep groups together. But yeah, I mean, a lot of things, even though we can drop by 50% in a day, still the community is here. The community doesn't go away. Like we saw in March, we dropped by 50%. We've now recovered all of those losses and we've even gone to new all-time highs for this year, at least very soon. Uh, and uh, you see that our community, we can survive anything because the fundamentals of this community are, are so strong. Yeah. So like just to recap, so like you're saying like leadership, that have a good vision, culture yeah. and have to be able to go over us first them. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, yes, some kind of uh, such, such mechanic needs to be in place that we are a group and, uh, and, and we're fighting for something and we have some kind of, uh, some kind of resistance that we're meeting. And uh, if, if we wouldn't have, for example, uh, different regulations trying to shut us down or, for example, uh, the banking system trying to make it more difficult for us, uh, for example, by banning bank accounts who do anything with crypto, I don't think that we would have such strong identity identity that we're, we're here together and we're, we're doing something good for the world. Uh, but then the world also wouldn't, uh, wouldn't have these problems that we're fixing. Uh, so it's, uh, it, it's very good to have this community that is united and we are, and we're going towards the same direction and we're trying to make the world, the world a better place. You know, within communities, you have um, people maybe who don't like you. Some people call them trolls. How do you like deal with those people? So what's important to realize is that uh, the trolls or haters are very important, especially in social Social media they're, they're very important for you and and they're actually good for you because someone who truly passionately passionately hates you for some reason it can be the way you talk or that you have a following and and they don't or they feel that you said something and they don't whatever it doesn't matter they will be actually watching you more than your average supporter because they will be rewatching the videos and they're gonna be irritated. They're gonna watch five, six times. Uh, they're gonna always check up on you. Like, what are you doing? Can I comment something? Can I point something that you're doing wrong? So they actually give a lot of engagement. And if you don't uh, do anything that is uh, significant, you, you won't get haters. But when you do something that is significant, you get them automatically. And look at anyone in crypto. Everyone has somebody that doesn't like them. Everyone who is at least known. So it's just natural. And by the way, you should be striving towards that. It means that that you, that you matter in one way or another. Now, obviously we all have a very limited energy. And for me to read the hate comments, I don't have that because obviously even though we want not to be affected, when you read garbage, you get affected. Like it's, you get emotional. It's no question about that. So for me on YouTube, I usually just uh, block them. Like it's like a button, you know, you hide from the channel. And what's brilliant about that function is that these people don't even recognize that they are shadow banned. They, they continue to write, they continue to like comment every day. Nobody can read that and uh, accept uh, them. But uh, what's good is that I forget, look, after a month, I don't even remember who said what, who is who. 
and maybe I, I block someone by mistake. So once upon a month, like once every two months, I usually clear the block, uh, the block list. And I'm always surprised that the guy I blocked three months ago is still writing. <laughs> He's still here. I haven't seen him for three months, but now I cleared the block list. He's still here. Uh, so yeah, I, I removed them again. Uh, because some, I mean, sometimes you have people who hate in the beginning, but then they watch you and then they start liking you. So you have some converters as well. That might happen. Uh, and on Twitter, I mean, you can, uh, I usually mute on, on, on uh, Twitter because that's also amazing. You don't, you don't even see them. They still contribute. And look, if, and, and I, I, before I did more blocking, now I, I usually don't block. I just mute because you realize also from an engagement perspective, it's actually good to have a bit of like hate because it's a bit of drama. We humans will like dramas. We, other people will go and read like, oh, here's someone attacking Ivan. Oof, maybe Ivan will respond. Ivan doesn't even see it because Ivan has muted, I'm telling you, but it's still good. It's still good. So I think having this approach is, has worked the best and it, it has taken years to, to develop this approach because from the beginning, obviously, when you are a new YouTuber, you're new on Twitter, you start replying to everyone. You start, uh, you, you think that you can explain yourself, but in many cases you cannot and it's just a losing battle look my team and i we, we don't really care but we think they are amazing so big shout out to everyone who is commenting bad stuff that's okay good stuff even better uh, and as long as your psyche doesn't see it that's good so but i would always recommend everyone to either mute or block them so that you don't see it because obviously it, it takes energy it takes time I completely agree like if you give too much attention to them they actually win right yeah 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 okay. and sometimes you have people like saying something and then they want me to interview them on their channel so that I can kind of defend. So you, so you have some people also trying to get some exposure that I will now engage in some kind of public battle, but uh, never. Not. So I watch your uh, Good Morning Crypto a lot. Um, cause I, nice, I nice. What's going on. And one of the episodes I just watched recently was you talking about Ethereum 2.0. Uh, right, right. And it was coming and it seems more complicated than most people thought. And you were talking about like how um, you foresee some kind of delays and everything. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you think that Ethereum 2.0 will happen this year? I mean, what's your thoughts about that? Why or why not? Uh, yeah, I, I do think it will happen because Ethereum 2.0 will launch in many phases. So phase zero is just the beacon chain. So you only can deposit ETH and you can be part of staking, but it doesn't really have sharding. It doesn't really have all the features. So that will absolutely happen. But when it comes to the full vision, that might be delayed for, for months or even years. And all software projects are usually delayed because the developers underestimate how much time it will take to complete the project. And it's so easy to set deadlines that seem reasonable in the beginning, but then you realize it's way more complicated and the, there are many issues with, uh, with that plan. And, and so that's why it's, it's a common theme among all software that gets delayed. So I just expect that to happen. I do think that this year we will see Beacon Chain. It is scheduled for July. And even if they get delayed, they have still six months to do this this year. So I'm pretty confident about that. Uh, now, the next phase with uh, phase one, that, that might be a bit longer. But at the end of the day, the most important thing to get going is, is phase zero. So we get the beacon chain. And then we can start talking about the next one. Uh, so I think it will happen this year, the, the, the phase zero. Uh, and then you'll have phase one and then you'll have phase two. And depending on how, how uh, that will go, uh, we'll see different, um, different timelines because phase one is going to be sharding. So that's when you're going to have uh, different shards. And uh, the idea is that 
the 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 mainnet right now, which is Ethereum 1.0, it will be one of the shards. And the whole idea with sharding is that not all nodes will process all transactions. You will have different kind of sub sub networks, and each shard is kind of a sub network. So that will be in phase one, uh, and then phase two will add this all smart contracts and all other features that we expect from from Ethereum 2.0. So that that's the plan at least. Great. I mean, glad to hear that you're updated on that. It's hard to keep track, so I'm glad that you're here. You know, keeps me. Uh, yeah, and, and they change it all the time. That's... Is Bitcoin overpriced in your opinion? Absolutely not. Um, and the price doesn't really matter. It is the market cap that matters. And obviously, they're connected. But sometimes people stare too much on the price, and for them, it feels like $9,000 is a lot. But then you look at market cap, we're only at 170 billion. That's absolutely nothing. The US government will borrow from the Fed 3 trillion in the second quarter of 2020 alone. So look, we're only at 170 billion and the US government will print in the next few months by borrowing from the Fed, they're gonna basically create 3 trillion. So look, we're so far away from our goal and we're so early still. So that's why when you go to uh, $100,000 for one Bitcoin, look, we're just at 2.1 trillion. <laughs> it's still less than what US government <laughs> borrowed in the qu uh, second quarter of uh, 2020. Uh, and because they, they, they will borrow 3 trillion. You look at all other assets, gold between 10 and 15 trillion, depending on how you count, whether you count paper or just physical gold, between 10 and 15. And look, if Bitcoin goes to 100, thousand we're just at two we're 2.1 trillion it's still small so even at at the 100,000 I would feel that Bitcoin is still very small compared to the potential I mean end goal is that we are somewhere uh, around where gold is right now 10 trillion but that will be like two to two three hundred thousand dollars for one Bitcoin and I know it sounds so big now it sounds insane to many people and it's so big, such a, such big numbers but how else do you calculate the potential of Bitcoin what is the potential of Bitcoin for me, it is a macro asset. It is digital gold. And if we conclude that, all right, it is digital gold, let's compare to gold, let's compare to silver, let's compare to some other macro assets of that magnitude. And we quickly start talking about trillions because what kind of macro asset is below one trillion? Not a lot. Not a lot of assets that matter are below a trillion. And to go to a trillion, that, I mean, okay, the price needs to be approximately 50K for one Bitcoin. And that is still so low. One trillion is also nothing. We go to 100,000 for one Bitcoin, we're at 2.1. So maybe fair price of Bitcoin is approximately 300 to 400. Uh, so that would put us uh, on par with gold, where gold is today. So that's why absolutely, I think it's very cheap. It's extremely cheap. That's a good prediction comparison to something commodities or other other. Um, that's interesting. To interrupt you, but look at Jeff uh, Bezos, look at Bill Gates. You put them two together, you have market cap more than Bitcoin. I mean, is that and and some people say it's expensive now. It's it's absolutely not in my view. But could we dump? Of course, Bitcoin is very volatile. Of course, we could dump like crazy in the next months. We dumped fifty percent in March. It we we can have extreme volatility both upwards and downwards. But here we're talking about long term potential. If there was no Bitcoin, like what would you be holding, like right now? Like yeah, I would be holding ETH. To be honest, ETH is um, it's it's also a no-brainer with DeFi and uh, and decentralized banking and uh, open banking, more correctly to say, uh, where you have synthetics derivatives lending, all of that on chain. So ETH, absolutely. Uh, looking at other coins, I mean, most of other other coins are still in the experiment stage, and ETH is also experiment. Bitcoin is also experiment, but uh, at least they have something that is tangible and is working, and you can use every day. 
every day for real use cases that are impossible outside of these currencies. A lot of other currencies, they try to, uh, to be something similar. They try to replace ETH and maybe some of them will, maybe some of them will be successful, uh, but uh, that, that's going to be difficult because ETH is building this liquidity that is very difficult to replicate, even though you have maybe better technology or better programming language or whatever you have, it's, it's that liquidity. People have so much money in ETH. Before I asked um, people on Twitter if they had any questions for you and I got a bunch, so let's, um, I'm just going to go through them and give a shout out to the people who asked the question. Uh, from Crypto Sith Lord, what is the best thing about Good Morning Crypto and what is the worst thing about good morning <laughs> well the best thing i would say is the chat is the community we have the community going we have the chat so many great questions come from the chat and so many topics come from the chat as well uh so that that's amazing i really love the chat and that people are watching live so that's key and we're always live streaming on ivantech.com live so it's our own uh, website and we have our own chat because we don't live stream on youtube now we just re-upload the replay uh, so that's that's the best thing i mean the worst thing is uh, I don't know if there's anything worse. I mean, the worst thing is when something technically doesn't work. Like if the internet provider has a blackout, we've had like one or two times that because we, we've been live streaming for almost three years soon. So we've been, uh, we've been dealing with all kinds of random events. For example, we had just uh, our ISP die, no internet. Uh, that was terrible. Another time, like screens don't work. Uh, also happened just one time. I mean, look, when you do so many streams uh, each and every day, sometimes two times a day, you you always will experience these low probability problems because just by doing so much, you 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 increase the chances that it will happen sooner or later. So that is the worst thing. When some look, I've prepared the episode, I am pumped, I'm ready to go, and then some kind of technicality does it or something wrong with the microphone. So that is the worst when that happens. That makes sense. Like you can't control everything. You can only prepare yourself as much as you can. Exactly. Um, exactly. You know, the, the same person asked, have you ever had your uh, hacked, hacked into your crypto? Have you ever had your crypto stolen? No, the good thing is never. <laughs> and hopefully we will not see that. Yeah. All right. Uh, another person asked, um, beloved Yo Mifola, what is your motivation to start the academy and who is your target audience? I'm guessing that your, your motivation is to educate the community, but who's your target audience? Yeah, I mean, the motivation is that we've seen a lot of people um, taking, going to universities and in many cases they have been scammed, unfortunately, into, into hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. They don't, haven't really got anything from, from that university and unfortunately this system is still in place. I think the educational system will change the most in the next decade. It is the financial and the educational system that really need, they need to change as soon as possible. So really our goal is more long-term. It's actually really being a big part of the e-learning space because I feel that uh, the way education works will change forever. And we obviously, I mean, th th this kind of uh, this thinking has developed with time from the beginning and right now it's, it's only blockchain. And we're now developing all kinds, we have all kinds of courses already about programming, about finance, about DeFi, about EOS, Ethereum, about Bitcoin, Lightning Network. I mean, so much. We have courses for everyone. The target audience is whether you want to start building your own projects, you want to understand how this works, or whether you already work in a corporation and you just want to excel, maybe you want to, to lead the blockchain department in your corporation. So for example, the head of blockchain at Ericsson, this multi-billion multinational corporation I worked at previously. And you remember maybe, maybe Sony Ericsson, it was huge before, before the iPhone. So look, he is our alumni. 
So he, Giovanni, who is head of blockchain at Ericsson, he also had this mindset, all right, I'm working at Ericsson, how can I become head of blockchain? So he took our academy. We also have people starting to program from scratch and going from absolute zero to being employed full-time or building their own project and their, uh, projects and their own businesses. Uh, and then it's just people who are curious about what crypto is, how does it work, why it's important, what are the economics. So we have a lot of courses. And the good thing is that you get personalized study plans. So when you sign up, you tell us about your goals in a, in a quiz, you fill out the quiz, you get personalized study plan with all the courses we recommend you to take. And also you get uh, connected with a personal, personal uh, study counselor. So if you have any issues, you just contact them and they will answer you very quickly. So it's basically your personal assistant guiding you through the academy. Uh, so that's, that's our mission, that's our passion. And that's how we think the future of education will be like. And who knows, maybe we'll branch out into other topics, maybe technology, maybe other things. But for now, it's really Bitcoin, really crypto, really blockchain, and there's so much to do. So to summarize, whether you want to learn how to program, how to build things, or excel in your current career, or just learn what crypto is, well, you should go to academy.imontech.com. Awesome. Yeah, it's a wide target audience, and it's for everyone, it seems like. You have a, you have a very progressive academy. It's interesting. Yep. Um, someone on Twitter, his name is Mbomb L S Silver. He asked, "Do you think KYC is a defeating privacy and decentralization of cryptocurrencies?" Uh, I think KYC is inevitable. It will be here, and uh, crypto will have. We will have to adopt. At least in the Western world, it's uh, it's not a question about it. It 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 will be in force. And now, whether it is defeating the purpose, I don't think so, because at the end of the day, you don't have to use the centralized services because, look, KYC is only in centralized services. If you don't like KYC, you don't think it's for you, well, then you can just work for crypto and get paid directly into your wallet. So crypto is in, on its own works perfectly outside of the centralized services. So th therefore, I don't really feel that it's uh, somehow uh, hindering, especially now with ZFI, you can do a lot of business. You usually do it through centralized entities. You can do on-chain without KYC. So I think it is inevitable. If you have a company and you are an exchange or you are some kind of service provider, you will be uh, regulated or you will uh, face consequences. And to be honest with you, which exchange if you, let's say you own an exchange, do you want to risk going to prison because uh, you didn't do KYC? Of course not. You're going to do all, all regulation or you're going to move somewhere else. So some countries may be having more relaxed regulations than others. Sure. But that will create, uh, that is, I mean, I, I don't think it will work out uh, because that will mean that some exchanges will be able to send funds to some exchanges, but not all exchanges. Because for example, in Europe, we will soon have the regulation where where if an exchange wants to send funds from one account to another account in another exchange, let's say I have two exchanges and I, and I want to, to transfer funds between my two accounts on two exchanges. Well, then the, the, one, the first exchange needs to communicate everything they know about me to the second exchange, just like the, bank, the banks do. All transactions, they need to have all information about the recipient and the sender. So if you have that in the EU, the US, they, of course, the US will also have a lot of uh, regulation. They are really the harshest when it comes to financial regulation today, if you look at the banking space. Um, so they will also have something similar. So it means that if you have an exchange that is outside US and EU and they don't have this KYC, it means that the US and EU exchanges cannot receive funds from, from those exchanges outside that don't follow the same standards. So I think at the end of the day, everyone will have KYC if you are an exchange, but 
DeFi, that is where people can still do whatever they want really, as long as the technology supports it. And there obviously it's just a protocol. So obviously there is no KYC in DeFi. Yeah, so it has to be a natural progression because if it doesn't go to that way, it's gonna always going to be like iffy. You know, it's going to be a gray area, yeah. right? So it's kind of the evolution of cryptocurrency. It's, it I think so, old. yes. Makes it's inevitable, yes. Okay. Yes, um, yes. Um, he also asked, um, who is one person in crypto that you haven't met that you want to meet other than Satoshi Nakamoto? <laughs> uh, well, um, I, I haven't met Mike Novogratz. That would be good. Uh, why do you want yeah, to meet? Any reason you want to meet uh, Mike Novogratz? Uh, well, yeah, because he's from financial, uh, the traditional industry. He has a lot of expertise in finance. He is also very influential in crypto. Tim Draper is another one. <laughs> Tim Draper is another one that I really like that I also would like to meet. But other, I mean, otherwise, I've I've met so many people in crypto. Uh, you know, you go to conferences for three years, you you meet most of the people because it's basically the same people in all conferences. Sure. But yeah, those are the two I would say: Mike Novogratz and Tim Draper. Nice. Yeah, that's a good answer. I've never met both of those either, but I've seen them at a lot of conferences. Yeah, of um, course, of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we have a guy by the name of uh, Supra Minsa. He says he misses the crypto project explainer <laughs> videos with the whiteboard that you used to do. Right, right, right. You know that whiteboard that you used to write with? And yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. Is there a reason why you cut it out or is it just because you're doing other things? Well, uh, we have the studio now, so I, I'm, I, maybe I will use the the whiteboard just for just for uh, nostalgia. But it's just that we have the studio, and uh, now I use my drawing pad, so I, I draw digitally now. But when we didn't have the studio, then I use this paper paper whiteboard. Like it's not a whiteboard; it's basically paper. Uh, I don't know how to call it, but it's like paper, huge paper block, and you can draw on it. So we used it way, way in, in the back 2017, basically. That was a good time. So I have a nostalgia from that time as well. <laughs> so you got better technology, right? Basically using more Exactly, exactly. Um, exactly. Something else he asked is, do you have any special human tricks that you do and that maybe people don't know about, like juggling, or do you, can you do anything that's different than someone else? But I, I'm good at uh, swimming. Uh, I've been swimming for years and years and years as a teenager uh, in in high school and before that, uh, good at bench press. Uh, so those are the two things, yeah, I, I, I can do with my body. <laughs> nice. Um, and as far as uh, Good Morning Crypto in like five years, what do you envision, how do you envision the, the show growing up? Like, I mean, what do you see in five years it going to be like? Do you think it's going to be the same as it is today? Oh. Uh, it's so difficult to say, to be honest, how it's going to be in five years. Uh, because Good Morning Crypto is an amazing, amazing thing. And I, I want to keep doing it for as long as possible. And I think if, if I find ways to develop it, then of course, uh, or we will just do how it is right now. I mean, really, I, I don't know how technology will develop. Maybe we can have some, some other tech for doing live streams. Maybe something will change. But uh, all in all, I hope to bring even better content, even better analysis, even better insights. And that's the goal, to serve the community as much as possible. And then obviously the biggest project for me outside of Good Morning Crypto is the academy. So that's, that's also where I see in five years, we want to have 10 times more students, 10 times more content, and also have more personalized, even more personalized approach. So that when you join, you get uh, taken care of. And we do it already with personalized study plan and with personalized counselor. You can literally just contact your, your counselor anytime and they will help you and guide you forward. But we want to do it even better. So that's, that's the plan.
some more customization towards the student, making it more beneficial for everyone. Yeah, yeah, because that's what's missing with e-learning right now, yeah. that you have a, a, a bunch of courses that people buy and then they just, you know, it's, it's up to them to take which course and which pace. And that's amazing. For example, the fact that you can choose yourself, but some people, they also need structure. And they would say that most people need some kind of structure and that you have someone you can at least chat with or call who can explain to you like this is this is right for you that this is what i think you should do this guidance is is missing and this personal touch is actually missing from e-learning right now so that's what we hope to bring to to the table so more of a, like a white glove approach to making sure that the student gets what they want out of the out of the experience it makes sense. Exactly. Awesome. exactly exactly yep that's all the questions we have for today ivan hey i really appreciate your time today and uh... well that about wraps it up Thanks again to our special honor guest, Ivan on Tech, and to our sponsor, CoinMarketCal. They cover all events that help traders make better decisions. Definitely go visit their website, CoinMarketCal.com. Thanks again, Hobie Nation. Stay tuned soon for the next episode of The Hobie Podcast. See you soon. Bye-bye.